Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everybody, my name's Laura Muse and today I'm so excited. I've actually got the one and only Mr. David Siegler with me today. Hello. I'm I'm excited too. (laughs) This is how I look when I'm excited. (laughs) Um, So David's been really kind to give up some of his time for me today and ask, um, you've had some really burning questions in the community about deal packaging and David's been kind enough to take some time out of his day to answer them. So if anyone doesn't know who David is, um, David, who are you and what do you do? (laughs) Okay, so uh, at heart, I'm a single buy-to-let investor. That's what I do. But since I came to Progressive in 2014... I started a deal packaging business. So I've been packaging deals. You're going to ask me what deal packaging is, aren't you? So I I won't deep dive (laughs) at this point, but we're going to talk about that. So we're going to talk about property. We're going to talk about deal packaging. We're going to talk about sourcing. We're going to talk about how to be successful with it. And, um, you know, full disclosure, team, full disclosure. (laughs) It's been a joy to work with Laura the last three, four, six months. Yeah. Because do you know what? The biggest obstacle I see to people being successful in property is that they don't do it. And the great thing about Laura is whatever you, advice she gets, she does it. So how cool, <laughs> how cool is that? I mean, you are an example of how to do it, Laura. So oh, hopefully you. we'll get into a little bit about you as we move forward. So how can I help? You're interviewing me. Yes. So one, I'd like to explain actually what is deal packaging. Yes. Okay. So here's what it is, right? You find an investor and you find a deal and you put the two together, but you're not involved in it. The investor buys the deal and you get paid a fee for finding the deal, finding the investment, right? So uh, there's a lot of things that go on there. So I need to fill that out a little bit. Okay. So if you have no money, If you're not experienced in property, if you don't know what your strategy is at this point, deal packaging is ideal because as packages, we have to know every single strategy, okay? Now, I'm not saying to you that this afternoon you have to go and learn every single strategy. That would be too (laughs) difficult. But as you go through the journey, you start to pick it all up. And if you work with mentors and coaches, they've been there, done that, got the T-shirt, they can help you, right? Massively in my experience. Absolutely. (laughs) So that's basically what deal packaging is. You find your investor first. If you get nothing else of me answering these questions, is find your investor first, find out what they want, do a fact find, deep dive into their goals, dreams, aspirations, whatever it is that they need, their financial criteria. And then what you go, you go shopping. We like shopping. We like shopping a lot. We like shopping. (laughs) For houses. (laughs) Absolutely, for the investor. That's what you do. And you get paid handsomely as a result. Does that help? It does. Cool. So my second question is, how do you set up a deal packaging business and what do you need to be have to be compliant within deal packaging? Because obviously there's money involved, potentially other people's funds involved. Yep. Okay, so your first part of the question first, and then we'll come back to compliance. Okay. So when I started, this is how I did it. I was working in the round Greater Manchester. I was based in Oldham. So my office was Sainsbury's on Union <laughs> Street. Okay. Um, they, they one of those Sainsbury's cafes yeah. there, Laura, and you could get um, – Was it a meal deal? <laughs> well, it, you know, times were a bit harder then, so I'd have um, a bowl of soup and a balm. Nice. Yeah. What's a balm? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I – now, isn't that interesting, right? <laughs> 
it's a regional thing. So the first time I'm in, I went for my soup in the bar, one ninety nine, right? <laughs> and um, the lady, very nice lady, uh, behind the counter said to me, "Do you want your balm?" And I said, "I don't know. What, what is a balm?" She said, "A balm cake." So in the south, we call them crusty rolls. So you mean a bread cake? A bread cake. <laughs> Who knew? Right. That's from Sheffield. It's yeah. a bread kick. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest experience I ever had with this uh, was I was in Thasda. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I popped down to Thasda um, in Ashton Underline. And as you walk in, they have the special offers and they had pies. You know, we've, we've spoken about pies, right? We love a good pie, pie. a humble pie. Yeah, yeah, no, pie. 99p for a pie. And it was me and my business partner, and we'd had a bad week and got any deals over the line. We were on the Orange Stickers team, you know, working <laughs> through the Orange Stickers. So the pie, 99p, that'll keep us going. Deserve for a week there. And um, what we need to go with the pie is some custard. So we're looking for custard. Couldn't find custard anywhere. Young Dave is coming towards us in Thasda, and he's got five stars here to help. Right. Dave, the very chap. <laughs> I've got this pie, and I need some custard. I don't mind if it's fresh or we got to make it up or whatever, just custard. And he's going, oh, custard, no, custard. No, custard. You don't No, no. You, you know, it's yellow and you pour it. Oh, he said, custard. <laughs> That's what I've been saying for 20 minutes, Dave. That's how we were up. So, uh, yeah, we had pine custard. I don't know how we finished that. <laughs> I don't know what how was we the question? Up on that. <laughs> <laughs> what was the question? Setting up your business. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you need a phone, right? You need a laptop. You need somewhere to sit. Sainsbury's, they have those leatherette. They weren't real leather. Leatherette sofas. And uh, it was really cool because they have the papers delivered in Sainsbury's as well. So you can spend the day there quite happily. Day out in Austin. <laughs> day out in old Austin. <laughs> I spoil that. Now, we might nip next door into TK Maxx and just Oof, rummage through the... Pushing uh, the boat out. That's when he sold the deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you need that. And then you need access to the letting agents. And you are on your way. I mean, it's as simple and as crude as that. And it can become as sophisticated as you want it to be. But day one, you know, why not just think about, so we're all marketers. You've got to do your marketing. You've got to start talking about what you're doing. So in my case, it was sourcing properties that cash flow in and around Greater Manchester. But you can do it in any of the great cities of the north talking cash flow. As you come further south, you're going to talk about capital growth, which is what makes people wealthy. Really excited about capital growth because cash flow will get you out the job, right? It will um, pay your bill. Yeah. Okay. And I did a lot of cash flow stuff in and around Manchester, and all I got was cash flow, right? If I bought, instead of 50-odd houses in the north, if I bought five in the south, in and around London, I'd be in a completely different place today. We may not have met. I may we not have come here. Because it's capital growth that makes you wealthy over time. That's my view. So you need phone, laptop, somewhere warm and dry to sit, access to estate agents. That's it. Uh, and cool. would you recommend people concentrated on specialising in buy-to-let or specialising in HMO or a bit of everything? Okay, so it's hard day one to make that decision. You've got to find your niche. Yeah. So my niche became sourcing HMOs. So I've done 32 back-to-brick newly constructed HMOs for investors, kitchens pushed out into the rear yard under permitted development, dormer windows in the loft rooms under permitted development, arm wrestling with building control, they were the main issue. <laughs> so there were no planning issues 
C3 to C4, Resi to HMO. That's hard. I didn't want to do HMOs. I'm not an HMO landlord, right? I'm a single let landlord. I make no pretense about that. But it's what people wanted because back in 2015, when I got going, that was the hot strategy. The way SA is today, everyone wanted HMOs. So we did HMOs. So I learned a lot about HMOs by packaging HMOs. I think the go-to for packages, the go-to, the fastest way to get going today in deal packaging is package rent to rent for service accommodation. Now you need a bit of a power team to make that work. You need a great service accommodation operator. I don't want you guys to go out and manage SA units, do linen, change light bulbs, get phone calls at half past two in the morning because the guests can't work out how to turn the telly on. That's real. It is that real. <laughs> um, so that's what I would say if you're starting out today anywhere in the country, rent to rent SA is fast, fast, fast. Because you haven't got to go through the legal process, yeah. no solicitors, no mortgages. Is it, you know, you've seen the pictures with the keys jangling, right? They're the ones you need. Cool. Compliance? Compliance. Compliance. Okay. Compliance is a huge, massive subject. Okay. I feel I'm like gonna, it can get very complicated compliance. People have yeah, a lot of different. They love it. They but love, people gets, that love it. They, yeah. they love it. Well, we they're, they're happier to spend an afternoon talking about compliance than go out and look, look at some houses. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> so I'll give you just the basics. The basic registrations to keep you straight and legal. Yeah, that's what we need. If you have these things, I've never seen anyone with these things go to prison. It'll be all right, team. Okay. Number one, you need professional indemnity insurance. Uh, Leighton Cooper in the progressive community is really good at that. He can help you with that. He knows what he knows what they, they want. Once you've got that, you can register with a redress scheme. So most people now, I believe, are using the property ombudsman, yeah, TPO. Yes. Uh, they're all very similar and all the same sort of price. Have they so, just put their rates up? Uh, all the rates have gone up for everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we we'll talk about the cost in a minute. So you've got PI insurance. You've got TPO registration, you have to register with the ICO, the Information Commissioner's Office, Office. Uh, for data protection, right? That on its own. I mean, if you deep dive into data protection, you tie yourself in knots. (laughs) GDPR. I don't even know what GDPR stands for. Okay. (laughs) I just registered. And the fourth one is you need to register with HMRC for anti-money laundering supervision. So that's really, really important. So those are the four basic things you need to do. Cost to set up today, it's over a thousand pounds now. Yeah, you know, twelve, thirteen hundred quid probably. But you can get that back in one deal. Get it back in your first deal. I've never, you know, I've set up and lost a few businesses over the years, Laura. I'm a failed retailer. I am. Took me thirty years to fail, team. It did, but I am a failed retailer. I lost tens of thousands of pounds, tens of thousands of pounds retailing. Uh, 20 shops, 60 staff. I didn't know where everyone, anyone was. I didn't know where my stock was. I didn't know which shop was open. Because it was back in the day before computers and all that sort of thing. We did it all. There was bits of paper everywhere. Property's completely different to that. You've got control. One of the reasons I went into property was that I thought I wouldn't have to have any staff. And um, PI insurance. TPO, data protection, HMRC, anti-money laundering, supervision, okay? If you've got those things in place, I don't think you're going to go to jail. It'll be fine. So the third question yes. is investors. 
where do you find these people? It's obviously something that a lot of people talk about in the community, that they struggle to find investors. I came to you eight weeks ago with that same problem. Do you want to tell people what you told me to do and basically how it's changed my business massively in eight short weeks? So go on, how has it it changed your business in eight short weeks? Um, So within eight weeks, no one really knew who I was. And I've managed to raise over £600,000 worth of um, investor finance to work with other people and build them property portfolios within Sheffield um, through the advice that you gave me, which was social media. And you were the top poster in the progressive community last month, weren't you? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's the deal, team. You have to actually put yourself out there and do it. So social media, and I know half the people watching this now are going to say social media, yay, and the other half are going social media, right? (laughs) And I had to go through that. So I did not have a Facebook account before I came to Progressive. So I I just never used it. I wasn't involved. So my profile, I haven't got any sort of real friends. (laughs) Sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? Former life friends, how's that? Uh, On my profile, very, very few few ladies from Slimming World. That's about it. But they have to... We were feeding them pies, David. <laughs> we had a lot. Um, you should have been there the week I got to Target. Yeah, strip right down. I didn't take many chances. Anyway, um, yes, a few... Bless them. There's a few of them on there. But otherwise, it's all property people. So I don't post my dinner or, or legs on the sunbed, no sort of pictures. <laughs> There's more techie stuff happening, team. Um, <laughs> um, where are we going with this? Get out there and tell people who you are and what you're doing. Right? Plan it. Talk about your area. Talk about your offer. Talk about who you are. Talk about the returns that you can get. Talk about what you are doing. Rob Moore taught me the little that I know. Right? He taught me a lot, but I learned a little. Okay? Content marketing. Talk about houses. Talk about working with estate agents. Talk about they want to see the journey. People want to see your journey, okay? The, one of the best videos that you did was the one where you'd made a mistake and you went back and you put it right and you walked out with an off-market property, right? That's life. That's absolutely what happens. But people love to see the mistakes, especially when you can put it right after this. Sean Fawzi, my friend Sean Fawzi, uh, if he watches this later, hi, Sean, down in Wales, he started taking pictures of all these smelly, unpleasant little houses that he was going to see, and he had a competition with which had the worst carpet. Right? <laughs> there were some pretty grim carpets there. So put yourself out there. Tell people who you are and what you're doing. Let your character shine through. The fastest way to find investor money is to use Facebook, but you've got to do it with a bit of fun. You know, you, oh, I bit my tongue, but I'm going to say it out loud. (laughs) You love it now. I can tell you love it, right? So you were a bit doubtful when you started, a bit hesitant. Really hesitant when I first started. Let's throw on a live and just tell them how it is. And you're all, Laura, it's cool, right? Because it's who you are. And that's all coming through. Absolutely. So it's really, really good. So that is the fastest way, fastest way in my experience to put yourself out there, we can all think two of two or three or four people who are positioning themselves in the progressive community and maybe on their own pages as well as go-to people for certain strategies. You know, rent to rent, rent to rent SA, HMO, whatever. You've got to do it. 
get out there and do it. Cool. Okay. Yeah. And so for me, obviously, I've got my own personal benefits of why I've got into deal packaging. But realistically, what are the benefits starting on your deal packaging journey where, you know, what people use that basically of a vehicle to do? A lot of people who come into deal packaging and start on the journey don't finish up as deal packages. It's rare five years later to find someone who started as a deal packager and is continuing to be a deal yeah. packager. Uh, so I am, because I did. Uh, Jamie York is, because he did. But on the journey, we find other stuff to do as well. So we work in commercial conversions, yeah. right? We work in SA, HMO, whatever, you name it. So the advantage for deal packages is if you want a really fast start, force-fed all the strategies, you need somebody to guide you through it, right? So don't try and do it all on day one. But that's a really cool way to learn on other people's money. Now, I'm not saying be fast and loose with other people's money. Right? I'm not. You've got to get it right. But the, the pain, no matter what pain you feel using other people's money, it's much more painful if you're using your own. It is. So I think deal packaging is great for you to go out and role play having a property business. In the same way that when we set up the estate agent script, yeah. right, I advise people to go to a different town and practice there. Right. I did that. Right. See, she does stuff, right? So if you go to a different town, you can relax in that. It doesn't matter if you crash and burn because you're not going to work there anyway, so it doesn't matter. But then the worst thing that can happen is you get offered a deal. It could go right, okay, but it's not in the town you want. So, you know, this, yeah. this is how it rolls. So I think one thing that's really important as well is, obviously, when you're working with investors – how do you present the deal? What figures are really important? Obviously, there's a battle between ROI and ROCE. Obviously, yeah. being in the deal packaging mastermind, obviously, I know which figures I use personally, but you know, I hear every day, oh, what about ROI? Well, can you clarify that for us? Can indeed. I've got to be in, a bit of a beam up on it about ROI with respect to property. I don't get it. I've got O levels, I've got A levels. I actually have an honours degree in law. Ooh. Ooh. Know. <laughs> it was a long time ago. And I don't get ROI with respect to property. So I think the two industry numbers you need to worry about, be concerned about, that are universally accepted are gross yield, yeah. which is the gross rent roll for 12 months divided by the cost of acquisition or the total cost. Don't always include my deal packaging fee in the total cost. It's just I tell them differently. Um, I know that's not quite right. So those are gross numbers. Gross divided by gross. Return on capital employed is your net rent roll after all the deductions divided by the cash that's left in the deal. So uh, if you refinance, if you go in and buy cash, that's cool. If you refinance, it's the money that you leave in the deal. Those are net figures. Net rent roll, cash left in the deal, gross and gross. ROI I don't think works for property. It's great if you're selling stocks and shares and gold and bullion and all that sort of thing because those don't have leverage in the mix, right? And where I get lost with ROI, my bad, right, is we seem to be trying to work with net numbers and gross numbers at the same time, and I struggle with that. And the other thing you need to be aware of is people use the term ROI when they actually mean R-O-C-E. So any investor worth their sort, the number they want 
is ROCE, the return on the capital that they've left in the deal, net numbers, right? Gross yield is an industry-based standard. Usually new investors will talk gross yield, but if you're working with an experienced investor, it's more ROCE. So to answer your question directly, how do you present that to an investor? I, I invert it. So I will have this conversation with the investor up front, right? And what I will do is I'll find out what numbers they want. Right, I find out what gross yield they're prepared to accept. I find out what the return on the capital employed is that they want. Remembering, of course, that they probably got cash in the bank or building yeah. society. Mm-hmm. What sort of interest rate they're getting, Laura? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Zero. Right. <laughs> She's right. Very little, right? So if we can get a return on capital of 16%, 26%, 36%, and those are achievable depending which part of the country you're in, all good right this is all good so uh, i don't present it to them i i get them to confirm by doing your fact finding by doing the fact finding and i'll say to them very clearly in words of one syllable before that's over right so if i go out and find something that gives you a return on your capital of 25 percent, are you going to be happy with that because what's going to happen mrs investor so I'm going to go shopping, and as the good book says, seek and you shall find. <laughs> I'm going to find one, right? So if I go looking for one and find one, are you are you all in, right? Is that where we are with this? If you can get me 30. <laughs> well, if, if 30 is a number, then I need to yes. know 30 is a number, right? So I've got sort of a conditional close going on there, yeah. okay? I'm going shopping, then I come back. Guess what, Laura? I've found it. I've got your 30% return on capital employment. Back. Woo. <laughs> Shall we do the paperwork? Let's do it. There you go. You see, it wasn't sold. Done. <laughs> so I would start there, and I would. Put- I'm quite new in my deal packaging journey. I've only been doing it really eight weeks. Yeah. And what I have found is, for me personally, actually sitting down and and explaining kind of what figures I use to work out the ROCE. Because what I have found by certain investors is they work it out completely different to what I do. Yep. Is that something that you do as well? Yep. Cool. So it's part education. We have to educate people. Yeah. It's actually, and the, the other thing is, they don't understand the numbers that they're working out. No. So it's, it's an educative process. Um, what they think they're working out is actually a completely wrong number. Okay, I've had that. So that's why I keep it very simple. Two numbers, gross, gross, net, net. Don't mix them up. Cool. Right. And my last question for you is, what are the common mistakes that new deal packages make and how to avoid them? Yes. Two big ones, right? Inactivity. So why? Why do people come on our training? Not you, Laura, because you didn't. <laughs> no, but you didn't do this, right? <laughs> Sunday night, they drive home with a skip in their step. They're all revved up and enthusiastic and ready to go, right? And they wake up Monday morning, everything's changed. Because now... They have to do something. They've got to do something. What are they going to do all on their own? So just do something, right? Make a few phone calls. Go and see some estate agents. Tell them what you're doing. Do a couple of Facebook posts. You don't have to do video day one. You don't have to live it day one. You can blog your way, right? Start to build your profile as a uh, an honourable and professional deal packager in the forums where you think that will attract attention, right? Um, I'm always told off for not doing it enough. It doesn't take very long. One of my mentors shared with me how long each day he spends on social media. Uh, it quite took me aback. 
because I squeeze in like a minute and a half here and two minutes there. But I do, it's a bit of an afterthought, right? But this is planned like a military operation, you know. Do and we it, know this guy? That yeah, we do. Of, we do yeah. know who he is. Um, you know, and we're talking into hours here, right? Because by the time you finish with Facebook and LinkedIn and Instagram and Twitter yeah. and whatever else, right? And it's a very serious thing to do. I've got to get my head around this. I am now working with the fantastic team at Progressive who are going to look after my social media for me going forward. They're going to tell me what to do, and then I'm going to have to go and do it. And well, <laughs> and I thought that was the best way for me to move forward because left to my own devices, I tend not to do it, and you've got to do it. So uh, you said two things, two mistakes that deal packages make. Number one, they don't do anything, so you've got to do something. And number two, enjoy the process, right? Don't get driven by fear. I mean, fear is a terrible thing, and fear can hold you back, and fear turns you into somebody you're not, and fear takes all your good qualities away and just leaves you with the bad qualities. And don't be fearful, right? Don't be frightened. I have people say to me, I'm frightened of going into estate agents. Ah. You know, I'm frightened if they got a lion in the estate agent. That would be – I wouldn't go into that estate agent, right? Because, you know, I don't want to get gnawed upon by a huge carnivore. I don't, okay? But just fear of going into an estate agent, I don't get that, right? I'm, she, she, I've got something in my head. She said to me, right, she's frightened of making a phone call. Yeah, I can get that, right? But the physical – process of picking up a phone and dialing a number and making a phone call we can all do that the fear is about what you think the perception is going to be at the other end who cares right just just practice the scripts the things you're supposed to say scripts practice it so there's only one i've been thinking while i've been talking about your question you said the two things but actually it's only one thing okay. laura the one thing is just do something do it get out there and do it and just going back to your estate agency point, um, yes. I did feel a bit fearful when I first started on my journey going into a deal packaging, into a estate agents. But one thing I think that really helped me is I actually went in with properties they were advertising to strike up that conversation to start off with. So I didn't kind of feel like I was going in and... So you talked about stuff they had on the racks? Basically. Right? Okay, cool. And it kind of opened a easier conversation. Right. Um, so how long before that fear went away? Because you're not frightened now. Uh, probably within a day. A day. Or even the first estate agency I went into, if I'm honest. I think once you've done it, they're not they're just normal people. Um, I don't know why we build up this preconception that they're something that they're potentially not. Yeah, they're going to suss you out. They'll know yeah. that you're a newbie and you don't know your stuff, right? And they're like hard-nosed property sharks, <laughs> right? Most of them and, are not even into property themselves. Well, they don't know. They don't know as much as you do about property, right? <laughs> And they got like a bottom drawer, you know, with their black book in with their big wig investors, and you're not <laughs> going to be there. And they haven't. I'll tell you what, the property tarts, that's what estate agents are. <laughs> you sell one deal, one deal for an estate agent, they'll give you anything. Because that's what they're there for. They've got overheads, they've got offices, they've got cars, they've got wages, right? They've got to sell houses. If you can sell houses, they'll work with you. Cool. Well, thank you so much, David, for your time today. I My really pleasure. Appreciate it. Thanks for asking me. And, uh, you know, we're going to keep on working together. Yeah. Whatever you want, I'm very happy to do. Brilliant. And I hope it's been useful and we will see you all soon. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.